Hey guys! Hi! Welcome back! So we do apologise, I know in our last episode we said that we were going to do one on the law of attraction, but due to recent events we did think it was important for us to bring this topic to the podcast. So we are going to be talking about the Sarah Everard case. So for those of you that don't know, she was a 33 year old woman who was abducted a couple of weeks ago while she was walking home and subsequently was murdered. It's affected people all over the world because we can all relate as women especially yeah but men too I really do think it applies to all of us some of the things that we will be talking about who she was her case and the details how the police dealt with it also how it affects women and men ultimately we want to talk about what we can do to change this in the future So her family described her as bright, beautiful, sensitive and caring. If you saw a picture of her, I think those words literally just look accurate. She looks friendly, she's smiling in all her pictures, she's got blonde hair, blue eyes. She just looks like someone you'd want to be friends with, yeah. Sarah was originally from York. She had been living in London for 12 years and had recently celebrated a promotion where she worked in marketing. I feel like Sarah was literally just a typical woman because that night she was just going around her friend's house with a bottle of wine. We know this because we saw her on CCTV purchasing the wine. She left her friends at about nine and on the way home had a phone call with her boyfriend who she was meant to be seeing the next day. Sarah's friend lived in Clapham but Sarah lives alone in Brixham which meant about a 50 minute walk. I think it was that. Mm, Yeah, Um, 50. Sadly, she would never make it home this time. From what we can see online now, it looks like she disappeared at around half nine. She walked home through Clapham Common, which is basically this big park. And the place where they think she disappeared is basically this stretch of road. It's like three quarters of a mile long and it has no cameras. See, I find that mental. Like, I swear London's the most... Like, every corner there's a camera. Literally, I think it's London and New York and the whole world. You're right, like, it's very abnormal for someone to just vanish. When you first heard of this whole case, what yeah. what was your initial thought? Mm, I think, to be honest, when I see anything like this of people going miss, I always put myself in their shoes mm. and I just, like, the fear that I had for her, a part of me did think maybe she isn't going to return home just because like it's not very often you have like such media coverage that someone's gone missing with the police as well like it was everywhere it's really hard to see all the tweets that people were writing like why was she out walking at night anyway mostly men who said that that's irrelevant like you should be allowed to walk out at night like Like, can we live can we walk down the street without getting abducted please so true and okay yeah she did all the right things but we shouldn't have to do anything It's mad because that tweet literally sounds like something from a book. It sounds so dramatic, but actually that's our everyday life. We do most of us women, yeah, are having to do every day when we do go out by ourselves in the dark just to make sure that we feel that little bit safer. Uh Uh-huh. And I think a lot of it subconsciously. You literally do it without thinking about it. And that's a sad thing. I remember as well when I used to walk home at night from my job, I'd be like, someone's running up behind me now. Okay, so where could I run to? Like whose house can I knock on? Like we laugh, but then it's like, it's mad. It's actually it's, dangerous. It's mad yeah. that that's what's running through your mind when you go out and about. And you say that as well, like think of all the times when you're young and you can't drive and you do walk around. I used to work in 
Bristol, like the city centre, and I'd have to walk from Cabot Circus all mm-hmm. the way to the train station, and there were so many little dark alleyways and lanes, yeah. and I would do it so regular. I look back now, and I'm just like, wow. Like, I think I was quite naive to it, because yeah. back then I wasn't as scared as what I think I am now. Did you know that, um, Zia's facts? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> go on, Did Zia. you know that car insurance is very expensive when you're young? That's yeah. because you actually haven't fully developed the part of your brain that is fear. That's why when you're young, you love roller coasters and then you get old and you don't. So you are genuinely more fearful. That's actually a really interesting fact. <laughs> fact <laughs> So going back to the case, officers were working around the clock and they started to retrieve and review dash cam footage and door cam footage, you know, when people have like yeah. the doorbell cameras. But a lot of people who live in the area have said they were literally told, don't come out, it's not safe at night, stay indoors. Really? And obviously that caused a lot of frustration and anger, and I think that's rightly so. Okay, that's really funny you say that. So recently I watched a documentary on the Yorkshire Ripper, and there was that same scenario where women had to stay in, and there was a curfew. Yeah, you're exactly right. You are exactly right. So it's mad that 40 years on, and the exact same things happened. And what happened, I think it was 77, Peter Sutcliffe was on a murdering spree. The women fought against this by organising marches in the street and they called it Reclaim the Streets, Take Back the Night. But it's just mad because if it's a male serial killer, why do the women have to stay inside? Like, surely the men should go inside because it's the men that are the problem. As it goes, I did actually see a tweet saying about men having a curfew, which, on a serious now, I mean, come on, that's a bit ridiculous. But also, on the flip side, it's ridiculous that women are being told that they can't go out, they have to do all these things to keep themselves safe. Mm -hmm. I just think, looking at the bigger picture, men, well, just from their childhood, they need to be educated on not committing these crimes and how to make women feel safe. So going back to that tweet, I actually saw it as well. And yeah, a lot of the men in the comments were being very misogynistic and angry at the suggestion because God forbid we infringe on their rights, even though it seems it's okay to like stop women going out. But fine, okay. What I was going to say was it's been really interesting to see this dichotomy where you've got some men who care and are asking women, what can I do to change and help and make you feel safer? Things like crossing the street when you see someone approaching or keeping your distance. But then you've also got on the other side... P.S. Well done to any men that did say, how can I help? How can I, I think that's amazing that... <laughs> Marry Yeah, and see us here. <laughs> Come on, guys. But it's crazy because you've got hashtag not all men. Yeah, and I did see that. And that was actually... Not all men was trending higher than Sarah Everard, which I think is mad because more Bizarre. men are coming on to say, oh, it wasn't, it's not all of us, wadi, wadi, wadi. Well, it's like the fact that that was trending higher. It's like people are more outraged at that than they are about the actual death. I think as well, what I find really annoying, when there's an argument about something, you're trying to make a point about something, and then someone else, for example, not all men, have to have their input about that. They make an irrelevant point. Yeah. Do you get what I'm getting at? Men get attacked too. It's not just women. 90% of abuse is carried out by men, so people saying it's not all men is kind of irrelevant. When you go on social media, it definitely seems like the men haven't really... And they don't really have an understanding of, like, They haven't the shown as women. much grief. They haven't shown as much remorse as the women have. But, yeah, like you say, because they don't have the understanding. Yeah. And it's hard to empathise with people when they themselves probably don't fear walking to the shop at night to get a chocolate bar. But just wait until these men have daughters themselves or mm. this scenario happens to someone close to home and then the tables turn. 
But obviously this isn't a crime podcast. We're not gonna go into too much details, but what we do know so far is that it's a 48 year old male Met police officer, currently in custody. But yeah, that's all we know at the moment. It's a police officer. They're the people that, you know- You wanna make, feel safe. Yeah. It's already a rocky relationship with like the public and especially women with authority. On the topic of this relationship, there were vigils held all around the UK and the one in Clapham did escalate and get quite violent and did not end well. No, it didn't at all. We all saw the redhead Girl, lady yeah. in all the photographs where she was being pinned down. It looked not so good. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, the police wouldn't have done that for no reason. Priti Patel has launched an independent inquiry into what happened and whether the police were right or not. But from what I've heard, too many people were there and the police had to intervene because COVID laws were being broke about gatherings. But I mean, we all saw the protests last year and we all know that they didn't contribute to a spike in cases of COVID. So I just feel like that's a bit of a cop out. I just find it so ironic that you've got all these women that are grieving and- Mourning. Yeah, they're there- To pay their respects. And it turns into, because of a woman that has been murdered by a male police officer. officer. Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends up, they're getting- Male police officers literally beating up the women. Throwing punches. I just feel like that's such- an unnecessary use of force. A man is clearly way physically, genetically stronger than a woman. Mm. They don't need to use that much force. They were so heavy handed. But yeah, it's quite funny, even though it's not, it shouldn't be funny, but it's like, you guys, read the room, guys. Like, do you know what I mean? So when it comes down to women actually reporting sexual assault and rape, it's almost non-existent, but 97% of women will say that they have experienced sexual harassment. But the vast majority of these women, both young and old, fail to report it. So two of those reasons, one because people think that it wasn't serious enough. And the second one is it wouldn't change anything, which I find is really sad. So sad. That's how women are feeling. And it kind of runs into the cycle because then the men are getting away with it. So they're probably more likely to do it. And as well, I think the crime will get worse. So men will do it a little bit And and then get away with it. So then it escalates and then it gets worse and worse until... It's murder. And that sounds so extreme, but it's so true. If you look at most murderers, they they escalate from like like, flashing or something. Mm. But also this contributes to a fear of women not being taken seriously by authority. So because they are not reporting the small crimes, they're definitely not going to report the bigger crimes. At the moment, I think that only 1.4% of rape cases that are reported by the police get charged. Which that's crazy, guys, because just imagine you've got 100 people. That's only one person. Who's going to get justice. actually going to get, yeah. It's so sad. It's really hard to trust authority anyway. But what I found interesting was that the... I can't remember her role, but she's, like, the top of the police. Mm. She basically said, like, this is a rare occurrence and it doesn't happen. Which I feel like she just said to stop people from panicking. But actually, it does happen quite a lot and we just don't see it. You just don't get the media coverage that this has had as well, I think. Obviously, not to diminish the tragedy that's occurred here. But because Sarah was a beautiful, white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed young woman, it definitely... It's not just her case. Usually in murder cases, the cases that get a lot of air time are the people that are beautiful or conventionally like, the western ideal yes yeah 
There are a lot of cases of people of colour, black people, transgender especially, who do not get the same airtime. Kind of like Madeleine McCann, like look how many years. That happened when we were in year six and it's still getting airtime today because she was a beautiful white little girl. I know that sounds really a strong statement to make, but the statistics are there. It's facts, honey. But I do think the reason that this case also has become so big is just because every single woman can relate. So guys, circling back to when I mentioned earlier about educating men from a young age um, on how to make women feel safer, me and Zia are now going to just talk about some points that we think that can make a change. Okay, so why don't we start with the point you originally made, which was education. I think that is like the fundamental building point because start with the kids, right? Yeah, I mean, like, when you are younger and they talk about sex education in school, it's just about the penis and the vagina and like where the each one goes. Yeah. yeah. I literally had an hour-long class in year five and that was I it. I think I did as well. And year five, I know we don't want to expose our young kids to that, but I think even in year one, year two, bring in what's right and what's yeah. wrong so kids can start understanding 100%. what behaviour is acceptable and what isn't. Yeah, all these silly names that we have for, like, our private parts. I heard a story where this girl was telling her teacher that her uncle had licked her cookie and that the teacher was like oh haha but he doesn't understand that that girl refers to her vagina as a cookie so teach your children the correct anatomy I know I'm not a parent but maybe that's something where they need like an all-round word that's always taught to a kid because I don't think having River Rose that's my niece guys going around saying my well she does say vagina I suppose but (laughs) Just Danielle's quite like that Good, with her, yeah. but I mean, even if you had, she says Fifi as well, so maybe my Fifi, if yeah. that's something that everyone teaches and tells their kid that your vagina, when you're younger, just say Fifi, so you haven't got kids going but around. But why does there have to be the stigma? That is what it's called. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you That's know the what point kids I'm are like? Kids say. walk around and they're like, ooh, ooh, my... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine if your kids go around, my dick, my dick. <laughs> like, it would be better if they were saying my... <laughs> Beware. Like, kids just say things how it is. So if there's like a little, yeah. little kid-appropriate word where they can say, my winky, my winky. Like, my nephew <laughs> says that. No, but do you know what I mean? But if he was going around saying my dick... It's, I'm sorry, Zia. No, I know what true. you say. I get what you're saying, but no, kids yeah. do just say it how it is. And 100, I spend so much time on niece and nephew. You'll be in the supermarket. Mm. You could be in a library. No, 100. And they start saying, 100%. they start telling you, you know, they say it. How, so exactly I think you do need an appropriate word that if a Age kid's gonna start saying, "Oh, mummy, my winky hurts." That's okay. Okay. <laughs> All this. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I agree with you. So. um but yeah, education from a young age and another big thing that they do need to put into the education system. Sorry, we're so <laughs> immature. Is <laughs> Sia's reacting to it? She didn't think that. You can tell she doesn't hang around with little kids. Kids I say do. it how it I is. Used to be, I used to Honestly, be a nanny. Like, oh, okay, fair. But yeah, but kids, they have no filter <laughs> of. So education, why don't they teach in school consent? Because that is such a grey area, That's very true, actually, because they always say, did you want to have sex? Oh, not really, but he was like, just do it, let's just Mm. do it, and... Oh my gosh, you hear so many people say that. Yeah, and girls might see that as not rape, but actually... Because I didn't say no, Yeah, it's not rape. Well, no, but you didn't say yes, did you? Talking of that, Zia literally just told me there's an app 
yeah, that so you can get consent, guys. And we just looked, and actually there's quite a few different choices available of app. I'm not surprised it's a thing, actually, because I guess a lot of men are scared that they will be accused of rape and stuff. So it's kind of like a guarantee. That you're both agreed and, like, yeah, you're never going to be in that situation. So I think that's quite smart, actually. But no, I do think um, consent should be taught in school because a lot of people do you know um, actually I think until mid 70s in the UK it wasn't illegal to rape your wife what? yes more just because that's your (laughs) wife just because it's your wife yeah so (gasps) stuff like that I can kind of see why there would still be a grey area because to some people who are alive now that wouldn't have been illegal when I look back to school, I actually only really remember being in year five and actually having sex education classes. Like, in my secondary school... You don't remember mm, any... I, I, I didn't think we had... We had one lesson you? where they literally taught you how to use protection and spoke about birth control. And but that's like... a boy in my class passed out because they had this dildo. Oh, my God. You don't remember? Well, I don't in, know. I've um, got such a vague memory compared to you. Citizenship class. Actually, do you know what? That rings a bell. But still, what's put in a condom? It's yeah, quite, that's good. And, and but it's that's quite still, immature and it's funny. And... This is what I mean. You should be able to look back and remember having multiple episode, uh, episodes, multiple <laughs> series, yeah, multiple lessons where they talk about. It's crazy all these things. because our country is quite liberal, but I know they say English people are very polite and stuff. But I wouldn't say it's a taboo, but it's like this embarrassing thing and. That just contributes to the grey areas Mm. because there's no clarity there. Like, people don't want to talk about it. People get embarrassed. That's what I mean. We need to change that from the ground up. Yeah. Um, Also on the topic of education, I literally just had a flashback when I... Okay, this kind of links into the next point, but the perpetuation of rape culture. So I was queuing up for my history lesson. I was probably in year 10, ready to go in the classroom, and the teacher stopped me and my friend and said, girls, can you just wait there a second? Proceeded to let everybody in the classroom, and then said, your skirts are way too short. I don't want to see you wearing those again. She pointed to the door and said, there's a class full of boys in there, and we don't want to get them excited, do we? Um, okay, miss. Instead of sexualizing me, by the way, I'm a child, (laughs) why don't you teach those boys not to get excited when they see girls wearing skirts? Because... There's nothing... There's nothing sexual about that. Literally. So that's a big change, I think, like, teaching boys, men... To respect to, women, regardless yeah, of what, what they're, they're wearing. wearing. No, I think that is part of education, also part of rape culture. So do you want to speak about rape culture? Yeah, so it's not. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, I've got a theme tune in my head. Right, anyway. So when we refer to rape culture, I feel that there's a lot of people probably at home listening right now that maybe don't know what it is or that it's happening in our society today. Yeah. So basically it's victim blaming, slut shaming, widespread rape and many more. Victim blaming is a huge one. Why do they get asked, what were you wearing? Was your skirt too short? Yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure last year loads of people were protesting because somebody's court case got dropped, a rape case, because she was wearing a red thong. What? Yeah. (gasps) That's so bad. There's also a really interesting art exhibition that I read about. I think it's called What Were You Wearing? And it's different accounts of women and what they were wearing when they got raped some people were wearing pajamas some people were wearing a bikini some people were wearing a hoodie and 
it just goes to show it's not the women and how yeah, they dress it's got it, nothing the issue. to do with how you dress so the last point is just equality and we need to empower women because the less inequality there is the less violence there is it's as simple as that So guys, um, we are going to wrap it up there. Hopefully we've raised a bit of awareness. It was really important to bring to the podcast today and discuss everything that's been going on and the case. Hopefully we've spoken about things that are relatable. Mm. And because it is such a common occurrence, let's be honest, even if we've just helped one person today who's listened to this and maybe realises like it's not my fault, because we are made to feel that way and hopefully things are going to get better they can't get any worse can they (laughs) so let's all just stay positive and let's be kind to each other yeah keep sarah in our thoughts and not let her death be in vain so rest in peace to Sarah. sarah even though it is a mini episode we thought we'd leave on a little quote so there is no no limit to to what we as women can accomplish Bye guys. Bye guys. We'll see you next week for this time we promise we will have law of attraction. Not naked attraction. Law. <laughs> <laughs>